Hello and welcome to the Six Comms podcast with me, Lisa Partridge. I'm really happy to share that this is the 10th episode and I have accomplished the goal of publishing the first season of the Six Comms podcast. What this means is that I am planning on season two, but before going ahead with that, I wanted to take a moment to pause and reflect on the episode so far and share what I like to call the light bulb moments. One of my favourite parts of being a learning facilitator is when I see people get those light bulbs. It could be some inspiration, an idea or a realisation as a result of the learning experience. If I can see and feel those light bulbs shine in a session, that for me is the ultimate reward. So sit back and listen to the seven light bulb moments Yes, that's one for each day of the week that were compiled from our regular listeners, my own reflections and the moments that resonated most with my wonderful guests. Light bulb number one, connection and care to create inclusive safe spaces. In the guest episodes, I always end with this question. What C of the six C's resonates with you most? For all regular listeners, you will know that the six C's of effective communication are compassion, connection, curiosity, clarity, customization, and consistency. It's interesting to note that three out of the five guests chose connection as the C which resonated most with them. This is not surprising, surprising given that more of our interactions happen online with minimised in-person contact. We are craving connection right now and staying connected or feeling connected when online seems to be very challenging. It is not something that can be left by chance. Well-crafted, intentional, safe spaces need to be part of any online meeting and now with more hybrid models being used, making everyone feel connected and including and included is becoming more of a priority. It seems that having com- compassion and showing care towards each other is something that will certainly help connection happen. And showing care to each other is not only the responsibility of the manager or leadership team towards the team, but that every individual is responsible for encouraging and promoting it. Encouraging this shared responsibility is what the two initiatives, the Zoom Labs and Action Learning Sets that I discussed with my guest Ambring in episode two promoted. What these two initiatives had in common was the assigning of roles, empowering everyone to have a voice and rotating the roles. It occurred to me how those aspects of creating safe spaces will become more critical as we further experiment with more complex hybrid ways of working. As one listener shared, we are living in a fast data-driven world where leaders need to support their decisions with statistics and figures, but tend to forget the emotional connection. In episode 9 on emotional intelligence with my guest Prakash, The importance of all professionals connecting with their own emotions as well as others was highlighted. 
This episode was just a taster of how emotional intelligence can enhance our communication skills and we received several requests for more episodes on this area, which I'm happy to say we will, we will be doing in season two, so keep an eye out for those. Light bulb number two, curiosity and connection are companions. A fundamental question that seems to hold all the episodes together is how can we communicate to connect in more meaningful ways? One C that consistently came up as we explored answers to this question was curiosity. So in episode four with my guest Yi Lin, we discussed how curiosity can be encouraged and thrive in professional spaces. One aspect of promoting curiosity in the workplace that came up for both of us was the need for leaders to model what kind of atmosphere they would like to create. This was demonstrated very well by Yiling's previous manager, who would make time in every meeting for team members to share what was on their minds. By sharing, they learnt more about each other and connected more deeply and authentically. Every individual had a turn to share, so all voices were heard. Cultivating this culture of being curious, open and willing to share and learn from one another doesn't only help connect the team, but also drives innovation. Curiosity was again the focus of episode 8 with Emma on how to have curious conversations. The phrase that really hit me in this episode was we need space to be human. Like He Lin and I had discussed in episode 4, there is an importance now in creating intentional spaces to just share and explore with with each other before getting down to the business end of things. Light bulb number three. Curiosity is a muscle not to be neglected. A revelation to both Emma and I in episode episode eight was the idea of curiosity being a muscle. And even if you might have developed strength in one area, you may have blind spots in other areas. To be fully open, curious and able to learn from a wide range of sources and disciplines, you need to be aware of the areas that you tend not to venture into and be willing to go into those uncharted territories. This reminds me of what I revealed with Yilin in episode 4 when I realised that my learning could only go so far within the confines of the team and organisation I was working with and that with genuine curiosity, I ventured outside my organisation to see how other learning professionals are working in different organisations and industries. This curiosity wasn't just self-serving for my own professional development, but could be used and communicated back to the team I was working with, which fueled the appetite to experiment and explore other ways of approaching our work. Light bulb number four pause to regain focus and become present. I've mentioned a few times over the last nine episodes about the challenge of staying focused and present. I heard myself saying a few times that staying focused is a daily battle and that's certainly what my guests and listeners have felt too. The lines between professional and personal areas of our lives have certainly blurred as we zoom in and out, visiting each other's homes. 
going from one Zoom meeting to another can feel disorientating. So we need to make that extra effort to refocus and regain presence in order to show up fully for the people we are communicating with. I was very happy to hear that the exercise I shared in episode 5 on how to develop our listening skills, part 1, has helped some of you become more focused and present after adding it into your morning routine. The exercise is very simple and need only take 5-10 to minutes. Let's try it out now together. Find a comfortable place to sit or stand if you prefer. Close your eyes and just tune into the sounds around you. What can you hear? As you notice a sound, zoom into that sound for a little while and then let your mind wander and focus in on another sound. As you're listening, breathe deeply in and out, in and out. When you feel relaxed and ready, slowly open your eyes and recall what sounds you heard and look around to see where some of those sounds may have come from. Slowly bringing yourself back into the room, ready to start the day. Now you could do this exercise first thing in the morning and you could do a shorter version of it between meetings to just refocus and shake off what went on in the previous meeting, allowing you time to get ready for the next one. Not only does this exercise help you focus, and be more present, it also helps you enhance and refine your listening skills. Which brings me to light bulb number five. A deep listener is an effective communicator. Listening is the fundamental skill that underpins the six C's of effective communication. That was why I dedicated two solo episodes to the skill of listening. It is a skill that is constantly being polished and refined. The practice of deep listening requires a lot of self-discipline and effort. As David Hockney points out, listening is a positive act. You have to put yourself out to do it. A light bulb for me when I was creating these episodes was an approach that came to my mind in the form of a traffic light. I actually sometimes use the traffic light at the end of workshops as a way for learners to reflect on their key takeaways and what they would like to act upon when applying their learning back at the workplace. In this context, the red light represents stop. That is, what will you stop as a result of this learning session today? The amber light is continue. What will you continue to do that has been successful for you? And green, what will you start doing? I then thought how I could use the traffic light system in the context of listening and came up with the stop, think, choose approach. Stop talking, think only of understanding the other person and choose the time to start talking again wisely. While researching for these listening episodes, I looked into the work of Oscar Trimbley and his deep listening questionnaire. I mention this because the results were very helpful to me in being more conscious of my listening blind spots, or as he calls them, your listening villains. I know that several listeners have also taken the quiz and found it to be valuable too. 
So if you haven't already, please do listen to episode seven, how to develop our listening skills part two, when I share my primary listening villain. And I would highly recommend you complete Oscar Trimbley's deep listening quiz. The prompt question he recommends, which really hit me, was, could I pause right now and be silent rather than speaking? I think our tendency is to jump in and start talking again really quickly. And what would be more meaningful and appropriate is sometimes to sometimes to process or collect our thoughts, especially true when communicating in situations where emotions are running high. Also, tell me more and what else can be powerful to ask as a listener. Lightbulb number six. Beware, body language is louder online. It is not only our questions and pausing that we need to be aware of when listening, but also our body language. And in episode eight with Emma on how to have curious conversations, we both realised that body language in online conversations is even more important than when in person. I elaborated more on this in episode five, how to develop our listening skills part one. I noticed Emma looking out of the window every time we spoke and although it wasn't making me feel uncomfortable, it certainly made me curious as to why she was doing this. For her, it was a natural way of sitting where she could think, process, collect her thoughts before speaking or responding to me. I felt connected and comfortable enough with her to ask why she sat in that position. But I do wonder how comfortable others would be to speak up in a similar situation. So I do think we need to be more conscious and intentional with our body language when our cameras are turned on to allow for meaningful, engaging and more open conversations. I think a really important realisation here was the need to be even more curious and open in an online environment. Notice if the person is sitting sideways or at an angle and ask why this is. It may just be out of preference and then explore together how that makes you feel. You never know, they may not realise that it's distracting for you and it makes you feel as though they are not fully listening. This is particularly important now as we are entering hybrid meetings and we need to be aware of sitting in positions that are directed to the people sitting physically in the room but also not neglecting those who have joined online. Lightbulb number seven. Zoom fatigue, yes. Email fatigue, yes. Communication is not just through the spoken word, it is through the written word too. And I have proclaimed passionately over the years that there is emotional intelligence in writing. Positive relationships can be built and sustained through email. It just takes a bit more thought and effort. This is why I dedicated episode three to how we can build positive relationships through email. I was struck by one listener sharing that she hadn't ever thought of email as a channel to build positive relationships. I was a little surprised by this comment, so much so that I didn't inquire further as to why. I wish I had dug a little deeper. But I can speculate 
Perhaps we view email as just a channel to get things done. I confess that I have at times when feeling a lack of energy and motivation, that email is the quickest and easiest option and perhaps I haven't given it as much thought as I should have. We can fall into a rut of just sending another email. Let's not be too hard on ourselves though. After all, we have been suffering from Zoom fatigue and I'm sure we have email fatigue too. I do think that in some contexts, email is not the preferred or appropriate channel of communication. More consideration needs to be given as to which channel is the most suitable for the message and the audience. One listener shared that these reflection questions have really helped her when emailing. They are, could I send an audio or video message instead of an email? What would be the impact? What would make the most positive impression? What would be most memorable? Let's try to move away from thinking that email is transactional. If we have built a positive and warm relationship with someone in person, why damage that with a curt and cold email response? Rumi's words struck me when I was creating this episode. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? When answering this critical question of how can we communicate in more meaningful ways, Rumi's words really do focus the mind. I would like to end this episode by sharing my brightest light bulb moment, or should I say episode, which was episode six with my dad, my role model and a successful entrepreneur who believes connection and consistency are the two essential communication elements needed to drive a successful business. I know that this episode touched some of you and you found what he said about meeting prospective customers at the start of his career really helpful. He highlighted the importance of entering into the initial conversation with the intention to find common ground, remembering those commonalities and referring back to them and asking more. The powerful impact to a customer relationship when you take the time to send a customised handwritten thank you note, which ends up being a special memento of the long-standing relationship you establish with that customer, that moment of magic. There have been so many moments of magic and learning through creating these past nine episodes and I would like to say a huge thank you to my first five guests. Ambrin, Yiling, Emma, Prakash and of course my dad for your thoughtful contributions to this podcast and a big thank you to all of you that have taken the time to tune in and listen. If you have found value in this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could write a review and share this with your network. I look forward to creating more episodes to help you further develop your communication skills. That's a wrap for season one. Thank you very much. Hi, it's Lisa, your host here. 
Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm not only the host of this podcast, but also the founder, lead designer and learning facilitator of Sixcoms. We're on a mission to help professionals transform their communication skills through engaging and bespoke learning experiences. To find out more, please visit us at sixcoms.org and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. We would love to connect and discuss your learning needs.